Our God is a missionary God, and we are His missionary people. You're listening to The Scent Life, the official podcast of the Center for Great Commission Studies at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. So there's an old adage that we don't know what to do. You do what you've always done, whether that works or not. Sometimes that's the way we approach evangelism and missions in the local church. But thankfully, uh, there are those who uh, train and provide training opportunities. And today on The Scent Life, we have a great opportunity to talk with uh, a leader, a missions leader, about an organization that designs itself uh, to provide equipment and training uh, to help you be more effective in evangelism and missions. Thanks for joining us on The Scent Life. Well, Keelan. Scott. Welcome back. Welcome back, man. Beginning of a new semester. I know. How was your break? Uh, Things were good. Things were good. We had a, I mean, we did the whole family thing, of course, over Christmas. And then I took a group of students to Southeast Asia. So that was, uh, that was an exciting time. We spent about 10 days. Very good. Uh, Did a whole lot of uh, evangelism work. We were in a big city for a part of it. And the other time we were out in the the village. So students got a a bit of both there. Sweet. You waked up yet? You're back on our our time zone? Almost. Okay. I'm almost over the jet lag. Okay. Um, So I'm hoping that happens soon. Good. Well, Keelan, we got a great guest today. Why don't you take a few minutes to introduce him to us and then let him introduce himself as well. Sure. Uh, Yeah, we're really excited to have Jerry McCorkle with us today. Jerry's with Spread Truth. And uh, he and their organization have uh, really become experts in training and equipping the church in the work of evangelism. And uh, so we had an opportunity to have him uh, spend some time with us today. And so we wanted to do that. Uh, Jerry, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, it's great to be here. Thank you. It's it's a real honor. And Jerry, you've had a long um, kind of history or relationship with Southeastern Seminary. You've worked with some of our professors. We've had uh, short-term mission teams that have worked. Uh, with you. So you're almost like a, a friend of the family, a close friend of the family anyway, right? It, it sure is. And it's what's kind of interesting is we have a ministry in New York City, but how I got acquainted with Southeastern was actually in New York when George Robinson, who I didn't know at the time, was staying at a mission house in Brooklyn. And as he was yep. walking okay. out of the mission house, there happened to be a story booklet on the window ledge. And he picked it up and he already had a passion to share the gospel in the context of the big story. And I guess he thought, why reinvent the wheel? We got connected and uh, the rest is history. And we've been, he's been a real mentor throughout the years for us. And so it's been a great, great relationship. Yeah, that's great. George Robinson has been on our show a bunch of times. In fact, he had a whole series where he talked about being out of the ivory tower onto the streets. He's just such a practical, hands-on guy. So you guys provide training, missionary training, evangelism training, and opportunities for uh, for the local church. Can you tell us just a little bit about Spread Truth, about your ministry, you know, what you guys are, are doing, and kind of what led you guys into this, into this calling, into this passion for the sake of the kingdom? Well, for 13 years, I was a college and career pastor in Normal, Illinois, working with students at Illinois State and Illinois Wesleyan University. So I'd when I got there in 1994, I decided that I would take a group of students to New York City, and I thought if I could just train them to equip, equip them to share the gospel and defend the gospel, then that would just be a wonderful experience for them. Well, I did that for a number of years, and soon the church, the older congregation said, we want to go too. So, man, this mission trip was going to be now 100 people, 200 people, 
Uh, and in time, uh, we decided that we would form our own 501c3. And that started in 2001. And uh, mm -hmm. so that's been the history of Spread Truth. And what we do still now, 30 years later, are take we take people to New York City. And the primary purpose of this trip is not to reach New Yorkers, though we do reach New Yorkers. The primary purpose of the trip is to reach a person who goes and equip mm. them to be able to articulate the gospel in all different type of cultural settings. And so it's the greatest international city in the world, 180 different people groups. We've been doing it for many, many years, and um, it's really the heartbeat of everything that we do. As a result of that, we thought, hey, listen, how do we engage New Yorkers better with the gospel? Uh, we were using another ministry's material, which was wonderful. But I heard a sermon by Tim Keller one day, and he said, hey, the way you share the gospel is going to have to change. He said, because people have changed. He said, they used mm. to have a Christ haunt in this where they could, uh, they had certain ideas because they grew up knowing certain things about Christianity. You could come along and kind of give them bullet points. They could connect them and they understood. He said, that group of people is shrinking. So you're going to have to wow. come up with something that covers creation, fall, redemption, restoration. Now, he said this, it's going to take our best theologians and our best scholars to do that. Now, I tell people, I'm not a theologue. I'm not even a theo splinter. But I thought <laughs> maybe we could go back and it spread truth, develop something that would cover the meta narrative. And that happened in 2008. And there happened to be a bunch of people connected with Southeastern, David Platt, J.D. Greer, George Robinson, all these guys that got behind it. And then just kind of took off. And from there, we developed story training. From there, we developed the story film. And so it's just been a wonderful journey. So I'm really kind of the least likely candidate to be able to be a part of something like this. But God's been very, very gracious to us. That's good. That's exceptional, man. What a story. Uh, so you guys then have kind of worked your way into uh, this real important role of helping equip people for this vital task of evangelism. Um, as y'all have done that, uh, maybe hit us with some of the things you've learned along the way. Like what are, what are some of the effective things you've learned for engaging people in this work, equipping people to do this work? I think I've shared with you before, Jerry, a lot of the people that listen to our podcast, they're, they're leaders in the local church, or they, they may be missionaries overseas. And, uh, with those kind of folk in mind, uh, what advice would you have for them about how to engage people in this, this work? Well, I became burdened a number of years ago uh, that maybe Christianity, because of all the different things with COVID and the political scene, maybe we weren't necessarily representing ourselves uh, in making Christ beautiful. And uh, so what we really decided to really try to be able to do is it as we try to equip people, not only to be able to share the gospel in the context of a beautiful story, but really equip people how to have conversations with people. For example, mm -hmm. I'll tell you one illustration that I happen to learn, not from a not from a Christian, but we walked into Bryant Park in New York City, and there happened to be a, a lady there called Liz Graydon Gannon, who is having a tea party that she does every Thursday. She sets up five tables, brings her china in, brings her baked goods in, and she sits there. And I don't. It doesn't matter if you're an office person coming down from your building or a tourist making their way through the park, or a homeless person. Everyone is invited to her tea party. Probably scores and scores of people over the last 10 years. But she says, you need to be 
The New York Times did an article. They said, you need to be ready for one question that she's going to ask you. And that question is, what's the best thing there is to know about you? Hmm. When a person asked or is asked that question, they're seen, they're heard, yeah. and they're valued. And we want to equip people not only to be able to articulate the meta narrative, but every person they engage, are they're made in the image of God, and they desperately need to be seen, heard, and valued, and teaching them to be really, really good listeners. So even part of this new course is kind of going over those different things like that, uh, because people are people. They're not projects. You know, right. even if they reject the gospel and you're near your neighborhood. Boy, it's not like you, you know, quit having them over. These are these are people that are, that are made in the image of God and continue that relationship. So what we tried to do is to come along and equip people as best we could with printed material, whether it be in the story booklet, the story maker booklet for children, or whether it be the films. But we're also trying to teach them how to engage the culture and how mm. to have relationships in your neighborhood, how to have them into your home. Those are the practical things that I think Christians, this is my opinion. I think they have a deep desire to share the gospel. I really do. I just think they're they're scared and they really don't know how to address the gospel in the culture in which we live. And part of the things we're trying to teach them is not to run from the culture, but to engage the culture. And how do you do that? So those are just some, some things. It's not like we have it down by any means. We've kind of learned by trial and error over the years. But uh, I mean, I live in a neighborhood, a brand new neighborhood, and there's probably 40 to 50 percent are Hindus from India. Mm. What a wonderful opportunity for us to be able to engage them, you know, at Christmas time, giving them gifts, going to their festival, their special holiday, going down to where they are, you know. And so yeah. just we we just have all different type of practical ideas just to make we hope really, really practical. And I try to tell people I'm not a theologue. I'm probably more like the person in the pew than I am the person in the pulpit in the sense I find I face the same struggles in sharing my faith, you know, and sure. uh, th those type of things. So that's kind of where we're coming from. Great. So as you as you've done this, what uh, what have you seen through the years as uh, when it comes to training people, uh, the training trips that you do? Uh, what are some lessons that you've learned about training people that uh, may, you may be able to transfer and help other people who are thinking about a similar calling or a, a similar passion for for training and equipping people for evangelism? Well, I think I've been a part of. Uh, evangelism training and other courses. And and I'd like to say that anyone who does this, we're just in, so thankful, no matter what sure. approach people, you know, they're all different types of approaches and that God sure. uses all of them. I was kind of trained in the way that you kind of memorize this certain type of presentation. And I kind of did the same thing for every person and uh, which was fine. God, God used those things. And so I'm in no way being critical, but I think being able to teach people to be able to share the gospel as a story, as a plot yeah. line, allows them the freedom to have a more normal conversation and enter the story wherever that person is. So if I'm talking with a person here who they're just scared to die, you know, they're mm -hmm. afraid of the future. They don't know what's going to happen to them. Well, I might start with restoration. Did you know? And then talk about he's going to make a new heaven, a new earth, and then go back to creation. Or if oh, I meet a person go. who's just devastated and broken over their sin, I say, hey, that's not only true of you, me, but hey, your parents and go on back. You know, it started in the garden. Explain the fall and say, but you know what? There was a time when it wasn't that way. 
and go back to creation. I think a story allows you the flexibility and it seems to be able to transcend all cultures. And I've taught this. We have story stuff going on in Kenya. I've taught it in Germany. George has taught it in Haiti. It's just, uh, it's a story. And mo most places are oral cultures. Everyone loves a good story. And, and it does. And I find that if I can connect with them on a good story that they have, that a good story follows a certain pattern. You've got your beginning. You've got your crisis moment. You, you, you know I mean, that, you know, that's the tension. And then all of a sudden the hero of the story is going to come in and solve the problem. And they all live happily ever after. I don't care if I'm talking about their favorite book or I'm talking about something on a Christmas movie. It all follows the same pattern, which is a reflection of the larger story. And so kind yeah. of getting them to connect. I will say this, and I'll shut up here. I'll let y'all talk. So, but we've just released a new little booklet called Everything is Going to Be Okay. Hmm. Now, the reason for the booklet is to help the believer have a conversation with an unbeliever. In Oz Guinness's book, Signals of Transcendence, he talks about certain things that God sends into people's life that all of a sudden jolt them out of their normal worldview, and it points them in a certain direction. And he has all different types of stories of people from C.S. Lewis to all different types. But his mentor, Peter Berger, says there seems to be a signal that every single mother or dad in the world has used throughout history is that when at night, let's say, because of a fear of a thunderstorm or a bad dream, uh, they run into bed with mom and dad and the words that are echoed I don't care if you lived in a cave or a condominium in Los Angeles. The words that are echoed is, hey, sweetheart, everything's going to be okay. Mm. The question is, is that a lovable lie that we say to them just for the moment? Or does it point to something deeper? Mm. If eternity is in the hearts of men, has God placed this deep desire that one day everything will be okay it's there. The seeds are there. And so we build this little booklet that uh, kind of like with J.R.R. Tolkien, the Lord of the Rings, with Sam and Gandalf, they wake up and he says, hey, is everything sad going to become untrue? Yeah. And we're going to say, yes, it will be. Everything will be OK. And I believe with an unbeliever, if I sat down with them and say, hey, listen, did you ever have your parents say this to you or, hey, do you, is, this something, is that something you feel like you, you share with your are Are we lying to them? Right. Because not everything's going to be okay in this world. You're going to die, and they're going to be without you. Right. Or is it point to something deeper? So those are some of the things we're trying to equip people to have kind of interesting conversations that lead to something more. Yeah, that's a fascinating way to frame the situation, Jerry. I really, I really, I'm intrigued with that. I need to get a, get a copy of your booklet. I, yeah. Um, sounds like a great way to frame uh, a, a good conversation about the gospel and the story of the gospel mm -hmm. there. Well, and to your your point about the importance of story, I mean, we've actually talked about this. Scott and I have talked about this before on the podcast that when it comes to ways to share or explain the gospel, you, they, they often fall into kind of two buckets, right? You've got thematic approaches, which is kind of the presentation model that you were talking about, right? Where we go through, you know, sin and forgiveness and, and uh, different categories that are part of the gospel story, but then you've got a narrative approach to explaining the gospel. And uh, they're both important. We need both of them. But I think it's really beneficial for us, particularly right now, when we're 
increasingly finding ourselves in a setting where we uh, have so many different kinds of worldviews that we come in contact with. Uh, to be able to speak the gospel as a story allows us to be able to engage people at their worldview level in a conversation, because that's really what we're we're doing, is the, the story of the gospel is presenting the, the biblical worldview. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, I, I agree wholeheartedly. And um, one of the things that in our new course that we're in, you see, the title says it's engaging the public square with a better story. Mm. We're trying to move that person along. And we have in this curriculum, what we call the engagement wheel. We want to bring it down, uh, you know, through different uh, spheres that you're able to actually share the story that is better for them. And um, yeah, even Ortland kind of deals with that in his new apologetics book. And sometimes when you're dealing with apologetics and I'm giving the five proofs for the resurrection of Jesus Christ or the th three proofs for the sufficiency of scripture, these people are kind of like deer in the headlights because they don't know, have any idea yeah. what to say. But you say, hey, listen, as I look at this and here's some evidence here, the best explanation that I can come up with is this story here. Yeah. I'm telling them the yeah, truth, that's... but it's not, it doesn't take them back right away. It's, hey, it's just the best explanation that I see. And that's what we're trying to get them, the people to, to be able to share that better story. And they're going to have to compare stories. You know, as they come to Jesus, hey, listen, which story it, it, it has the validity? Which one has the truth? Which one speaks to the deepest longings of the human heart? And it's only this story. Yeah, that's great. So you you just mentioned the new resource that you've got here. Uh, I think it would be helpful. I mean, you guys have been at this for a while. You, there's two or three things you've kind of dropped along the way about videos that you guys have done. You've, of course, got The Story uh, and the training modules around that. You've got stuff for kids. You've got a new course that you all have come out with. Maybe walk us for a couple of minutes through some of those offerings that you've got and then talk to us specifically about this new thing that you okay. guys have developed. Okay, well, we have the story booklet, uh, which is we've printed almost three million copies of that. For any missionary or pastor that may be listening, we have the story film done in beautiful animation, six minutes, which covers the story. It's done in 24 different languages. We partner with Trans World Radio to do translations in country. And then we have the animation, but then we contextualize it with even changing some of the scenes from a uh, a skyscraper to a dome building with our three Arabic languages. We add layers yeah. of music. So it's almost like it's made for them in country. So we have the story film that's there. Anything that says the story maker is teaching children the meta narrative. Uh, and so we had the bracelets, we had the booklets, we had the curriculum and we have a film. So it's kind of that Apple ecosystem. It kind of all kind of fits together yeah. that type of thing. And, uh, and then I think even on the story training that George has taught it on the seminary level, for a number of years. And the nice thing about it, we say, hey, just take it and just use it whatever way you can add to it. You Things you don't have to use. We just want them, if it can be of any help, we just want to provide that to them. And then the, la the latest thing is, which has been a, over a year long project, is this engaging the public square with a better story. If anyone is even interested, we have a quiz that has just come out. It's an evangelism readiness quiz that kind of takes you through, hey, listen, am I uh, a growth seeker in this area of evangelism? Am I an emerging evangelist? Or maybe am I a compassionate connector? You're going to kind of find that out in this three-minute quiz. And so if you go to spreadtruth.com, the opening page and scroll down, it only takes three minutes. It's not like this is published anywhere. It just helps you kind of understand where you're at. And then the course is actually seven modules and 18 lessons. 
And we right. start off with, we no longer live in Jerusalem. We live in Athens. We then deal yeah. with, we push in a little bit on some areas of distractions that have come our way that keep us from sharing the gospel, the distractions of screens, of just life cut, uh, taking over and politics. We don't get into which side you brought that. That's not what we're, we're just saying, listen, the political uh, rancor that is going on today, we get so involved with that, that we lose the passion to be able to share the gospel. Third lesson is on signals of transcendence and trying to teach people. As my dad said, when I go to New York City, he said, Jerry, just remember when you go share the gospel, Jesus has already been there in your life. And so these signals He's sending them all over. I could tell you story after story and God's already working. So are you prepared? Are you listening? Are you ready as you engage people? Because he's already been there in some way. The fourth one is how to handle hot topics. Uh, homosexuality, abortion, uh, transgenderism. How do you balance all truth and grace? And it's important that we do that. And then five and six are just how to be able to share the story, the meta-narrative. Okay. And the module seven is seeing people as made in the image of God. This is supported by all different types of PDFs. It's supported by, like you say, interviews with Danny Aiken, Matt Redman, Laura Story, Rico Tice. And we asked them specific questions that dealt with these things that we're trying to deal with. So it's just a kind of a feeble approach to kind of, and I said, I hope someone other than my mother buys it, but I don't know if she will. You never know. <laughs> How can uh, how can people find uh, this product and even other products that you guys have promoted? Where can they go find that? If you go to spreadtruth.com, that'll give you a whole host of information. And for the story maker, we have our own site called the storymaker.com. And then if they go to spreadtruth.com and take this evangelism readiness quiz, you get to sign up. It doesn't obligate you, but kind of you get on a waiting list for when the webinar is going to be uh, introduced in March and then the end of March when this course is actually going to be released. Excellent. So uh, we're saying to everybody then be on the lookout for this course coming in March, right? Be on the lookout and go today to spreadtruth.com, scroll down and just take the quiz. You're not going to feel guilty about it. That's not what we're trying to do. We're just trying to say this helps you maybe gauge where you're at. Sure thing. No, I think that's a super helpful thing. And if you're perhaps a pastor to church and you're trying to think, how do I get a, a group of our congregation to really start thinking through evangelism? Well, maybe this quiz is a, a good way to at least start some conversations with yeah. them about where they may find themselves. Well, listen, I want to challenge pastors. I've been to New York 30 years. I bring all type of lay people. My mom and dad in their 80s are at these prayer stations. I bring, I have little kids out there sharing the gospel and we have pastors. I'm sharing with you the person who struggles the most on the street corner or in the park, or pastors, because those normal, mm. ordinary people in your congregation, they're just around these people all the time, and they just have normal discussions. Pastors sometimes feel sure. like you have to be the expert. Hey, get over it. You're not the expert. I'm not the expert. We're all in this thing together. So I would just encourage pastors, uh, really take this thing seriously, because, um, you know, to be an example to your congregation, but don't be surprised if people in your congregation do it better than you do. Wonderful. You don't have to be the expert in this thing. Hey, I fail all the yep. time in sharing my gospel and sharing the gospel. I have fears, insecurities. You know, I'll be asked questions sometimes that I may not know. Recently, I had a round table and I brought in a, was it a Hindu? 
it was a Taoist. I had all different types of religions and people that came in for this roundtable discussion. Just a wonderful time. It's going to be on. It's going to be in the course too. The course will have the roundtable with these different religions, and mm-hmm. but it was good that hey, listen, you can have conversations with these people. You can develop relationships with these people, and in time, maybe share the love of Jesus with them. Absolutely. Well, Jerry, thank you so much for your time with us. This has been a great conversation. Uh, really enjoy your insight uh, and your encouragement and your challenge to uh, those of us who find ourselves leading churches or as a missionary overseas to try to help equip and engage those that we work with in spreading truth. Uh, so thank you so much for that. And if you're listening to us, thanks for joining in today. It is always a joy to have you with us. And if this has been beneficial for you, uh, we'd encourage you to spread the news about the podcast as well. You can share this with others. You can find us on all the social media threads. And and uh, we look forward to having you again with us at some point soon. Thanks. Hey, listen, all you folks in Southeastern are heroes of mine. We, we lean on y'all so much. So the story would not be where it's at if it weren't for folks at Southeastern. So thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Well, thanks so much for that, Jerry. We appreciate it. Appreciate Blessings it, to you, brother. Okay, blessings. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. The College at Southeastern believes that God is at work in this generation, calling out Christians to leverage their lives for the Great Commission. That's why we train students biblically, theologically, and vocationally in community to give their lives for the cause of Christ. In spring 2024, Southeastern will be hosting its annual GO Conference designed to train, challenge, and mobilize college students for the Great Commission. Invite your college group to join us on campus on February 9th and 10th Save the date and sign up for next year's conference at thegoconference.com.